This is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast with John Clark. Today's episode is brought to you by Unconditional Media. Unconditional Media helps you help more people. Specializing in services including Google AdWords, search engine optimization, and coming soon, Facebook ads for therapists. Get in touch at www.unconditional.media. All right, we've got a great show for you today. Let's dive in. Laura Long, the third third time is the charm, right? How does that saying go? <laughs> Uh, yeah, third time's a charm. Yeah. So this is, Laura is setting the high score for this podcast and that she Woo! was the only person to be on the show twice, but now three damn times, which I'm Ooh. like, you might as well just take take over the, the show. Might as well just be your show. Oh man. So it's out of arm's reach right now, so I can't grab it. That would have been really fun for effect, but I literally have an actual microphone in my office right now mm-hmm. uh and i would have just dropped it right now if i could that's incredible could, let yeah. me just make a bunch of noise here we go boom that sounded like a my heavy microphone yeah that was, that was like old something. school like 1950s yep. i like i like that well, i wonder <laughs> if there was like a 1950s equivalent of dropping the mic um probably oh never mind that was really inappropriate okay see the filter can yeah. work sometimes yeah um, I need to have like three different ratings for shows with you. Like there could be a G version, but probably not. The G version is R. Yeah. The next one is like NC-17. Yeah. The, uh, the other one is just completely bootlegged, totally underground, not, not going through any <laughs> iTunes regulations. No. This one you have to like dig around on eBay to find. Yeah. It's only on Reddit, like really deep in some thread. <laughs> People are like, what is Reddit? Oh, man. So what are we talking about today? <clears throat> I want to talk about systems with you. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a systems whore, John. Yeah, I, Do I, I knew that about you. Um, I had to cut you off in our last show that we did because uh, you started to talk about it and I was like, no, I want, I want to save time for that. It was painful when you cut me off too. I'm sorry about that. It's fine. I talked to my therapist about it. We're okay. Okay. Wow. You, you talked to them quickly. Oh yeah. I've got them on speed dial. Wow. That's amazing. You just pay them like a retainer. Like whenever I start <laughs> unraveling, I need to be able to call or text you. Well, I was trying to do the thing where we pretended like there was actual time in between podcast episodes. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I'm still, I'm still going with it. <laughs> System. Yeah. So, John, let me ask you a, a question. Let's hear it. <clears throat> what do you think is the number one reason why businesses fail? It's not systems, by the way. So sorry. What's the number one reason? Growing too fast. No. Um, oh, not having a good foundation. I don't know. Not believing they in just, the product. <laughs> they just don't have a good. They just they just don't get business. They so just like, you don't know, the, get business. Yeah. That's like the most simple. The, the number one reason, and that's like all of the therapists I work with. The biggest fear is like, oh my gosh, what if? I fail. My businesses fail. I don't get clients in the door. Right. And so new businesses who fail, the number one reason is because they couldn't drum up enough business, but you got this number two reason that people often don't think about. They focus so much on 
not getting enough clients, they forget that the number two reason businesses fail is because they grow too fast, which sounds counterintuitive. Like, no, I want to grow fast. Um, so in our last podcast episode, I was alluding to my 60 day course and how systems is week two mm -hmm. marketing is week three and people complain because they I want to learn marketing now. Yeah, I want to know all things secrets. Yeah. Um, tell me how to, you know, my goal is 20 clients a week and I only have three. So I need to get to 20 tomorrow. Tell me how to do that. And so we focus on systems and something magical happens during the week on systems not with everyone, but some people stop and go, holy shit, if I actually got my goal of 20 clients right now, based on what I know after this week on systems, I would be screwed. Mm -hmm. They realize that. Yep. <clears throat> because with three clients, if I have three clients a week, I have all the rest of the week to do all my other stuff. I could do notes, treatment planning, like whatever I want to do. It's on my own time. But if you take however long it is to do notes or treatment planning or whatever else you do with three clients and now increase that to whatever your target is 20 and you don't have a system in place, you, you are going to die. How's that for survival? That's really good marketing. I like, I want to avoid that. <laughs> Take all my money. Your um, heart will stop beating. Um, <laughs> I, I swear, I don't know. We must've, just this must have been transferred through osmosis because I do the same thing with my clients and um, I didn't always approach my coaching that way um, but I kind of learned the hard way right through just going straight to marketing and going oh client says they want to work on marketing let's work on marketing and it's in a little bit there's a parallel I think with therapy sometimes where a client says I want to work on x because that's the problem right or like mm -hmm. I want to work on my drinking because that's the problem and then we find out we actually have to work on something else first, right? Or we have to work mm -hmm. on their anger first or their trauma or whatever it is. Like it, and it's so hard, I think, sometimes for people to trust their, the trust, like someone who's coaching them in their business that this stuff, I know it's boring, I know it's not sexy, but we've got to focus on it. It's got to be there because when we work on getting you more people in the door, getting you more business, if your systems aren't right, um, it's, it's, it's just not going to work. You're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to be just mm -hmm. as anxious as you are now. And I'll have done you a disservice. Well, and there's also, you know, when people are just starting out, so a therapist may not even have any clients yet, they're just setting up shop. They will put off certain tasks or, sure. um, I'm thinking specifically, EHRs. So EHRs four years ago were at least $100 a, a month. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't, it literally wasn't something that you could just invest in off the bat with zero clients. And now EHRs are so affordable. But if you're seeing zero clients, it's hard to make a case for why an EHR is important. So there's so a lot of there. What, Sorry, what's an EHR and how do I know when I need one? Let me just oh, ask okay. that. An EHR is electronic health record system. Um, and it is a way for you to maintain all of your client files in a paperless fashion. I think you so should no work more, for I know. <laughs> I should work that. in particular because I, um, I don't do any affiliate marketing, mm -hmm. but when it comes to EHRs, I have like my one favorite. And so I'll just like shout their names from the rooftops if, uh -huh. if I'm allowed. Um, yes, you're allowed. Okay. Um, Simple Practice is my favorite. Yeah, mine, mine too. So just to put it out there, let's name a few. There's Simple Practice. Fairness, there's fairness is the next one. So like Simple notes. Practice. 
Simple practice and Theron and Theronest are like the top two contenders. So yeah. people, and for some reason people get really like territorial. Yeah. It's, it's like, like belonging a, it's like, for, to a fraternity or something like, do yeah, you, it's like watching Theronest, a football bro? game. <laughs> it's, it's like watching a football game. It's like, yeah. I'm on the simple practice team. Someone else is on the Theronest team. And then they duke it out in a Facebook group about which one's better, whatever yeah. to each his own. And not every EHR is for everybody. Like there, there's one for you out there. There's a hundred of them at least. Um, you really should work for these companies. I know you. I have, should. I should. You're already um, selling me on all of them. Like, can I? Can I have? Can I use can all of them? All or would that be? Would that be a bad system? <laughs> that probably uh, would be a little inefficient. And uh, there are people who do that. So some therapists, when they're trying to decide on one, they will do the free trial of like three all yeah, at once, yeah. and that's a horrible idea. You should not do that uh, because what you're going to do is put one client in one, one client in another, one client in a third. Sure. And it's kind of like learning three different languages at the same time. So in so that case, I, how do you decide? So I would look, uh, you can schedule like demos. You should be able to with all of the top ones. Mm-hmm. Schedule demos with them and try and learn what the features are. If you're super type A like I am, I created a spreadsheet of the features that were important to me. And so then I would look and I picked the three that had the most features that I personally was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so then I scheduled demos um, and I did do like a free trial, but I didn't input real client data in any of them because then I'm all of a sudden having to tie myself to one or both and then you're screwed. So I would create myself as a client and mess around with the different features of two. Um, I wouldn't do any more than two. But I would do more work on the front end before you just sign up for the free trial. Like actually dig a little deeper and be like, okay, so what do they offer? What are the specific features that I myself am looking for? Um, Because not every EHR offers all the same things. Mm -hmm. So what is most important to you? And maybe you can create your own little list of like, these are the top four things that I must have in an EHR. And then start looking around what offers that. So the, another thing, <clears throat> I think a critical part is the insurance piece, right? If you take insurance, if mm-hmm. you want to do your own billing, some of these EHRs can do it and can do it seamlessly. Um, if you use a billing company, there are some that only use um, like therapy notes. Like you've got to use therapy notes to work with our billing company. You'll run into that as well. So, <clears throat> you know, if you're working with a biller, or if you have a biller, like a single person that works for your practice, maybe involve them in that process as well so that they can maybe have some say in the matter um, if they're going to be doing a lot of work on this platform. But the reality is there's, there, there are a number of good options out there. It's about figuring out what works for you, what works for your practice. And then also for those who are running bigger practices, like um, when you, if you've got 10 clinicians, how much is mm-hmm. it going to cost for those 10 clinicians? Is it easy to onboard new people to it? Um, how's the customer uh, support for these different platforms? Mm-hmm. I mean, these, you have to keep in mind, these companies are pretty young. Like having EHRs just for private practices as therapists is pretty new. So they, um, you know, a bunch of them are startups, like they're, they're, yeah. they're very young companies. So keep that in mind as well. There's always new features rolling out. There's glitches in customer service. But again, it, once you start to scale your business, even just beyond those three clients, you've got to start thinking about your systems and having something that works for you. So, so how do you know when you're ready to, um, start using an EHR and start paying for one? Um, so my recommendation is that you should do it from day one. And the reason for that, if you have zero clients, you need an EHR. Mm -hmm. And if you quote unquote can't afford an EHR, which is around $50 a month, if you literally can't afford one, then you shouldn't actually be in private practice because that means you are a month away from 
closing your door mm-hmm. if you can't pay fifty dollars. Um, that so that's that's real, that's, and that's probably that's that's probably hitting home for some people. Um, oh yeah, people are don't like that. They don't um, like that at all because they no. want to bootstrap it. They want to spend mm-hmm. zero dollars for the first six months in their practice. Yep. And that's not just not going to work. Ba- not if you want a badass one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who do it. Don't get me wrong. Um, this is what happens. And this is why I recommend an EHR from day one. Because day 30, yes, you might have three clients. Whoop-de-doo. Day 60, maybe you've got six. Maybe you've got 10, right? All of a sudden, let's fast forward to week, to month six, maybe month 12. Whenever you're starting to really hit the ground running and you've got a steady stream of referrals coming in, Okay, so you've never had an EHR. You set up some sort of paper documentation system. You've got this locked filing cabinet that's ugly as shit in your office, by the way. And you have your own system already with this paper chart or whatever you're doing. Now, six, 12 months later, you have a full caseload. How do you intend to now translate everything into your EHR? It's going to be a nightmare. What is that going to look like for you? Yeah. Because now you don't have time. You used to. Like before you had... Not much money, but a ton of time to get up a get a system up and running. Now you're full, and you have zero time, and your system sucks. I should have spent the fifty dollars, Laura. Yeah, you were right. If I had, I know I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I bet you Uh, like hearing that, don't you? Oh yeah, it felt really good. (laughs) Got a little tingly. Yeah. It it served. It fed my my narcissism for sure. (laughs) Don't even need coffee. Um, yeah, so that that is my argument for why an EHR is a must from day one. Now, if you wait from like day it. thirty, fine. Sure. Like if you want, if you want to wait till you at least have one client, fine. But no, this is the same. This is true for every system, not just an EHR. Although EHR is probably one of the most important systems you can have, but every new system that you implement is going to have a learning curve to it, and it's yeah. going to be a bitch to set up. Like that's the, the learning curve for any new system sucks and it takes more time than whatever inefficient system you actually have. So just and that's to, why people don't do it. Just to uh, kind of illustrate that, let's think about, for example, um, early on in your practice, you might send manual reminders to clients. You might call or text them. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I've only got three clients. It's no big deal. I can do it now. So you do yep. that every single week, a day before. Hey, so-and-so, just remind your appointments tomorrow. At this time, this is my address again. This is the code to the weird door that mm-hmm. has a code on it. Um, it's so weird. Uh. And um, you do that every time, right? So you spend 15 minutes, you know, a week doing that maybe. And then you keep growing, right? When you get bigger and even bigger could just be six clients a week where you used to have three that time is going to be um uh compounding it's going to add it's it's going to build and a good ehr is going to take the place of some of these kind of administrative tasks for you or tasks that an assistant could do whether it's the ability for clients to book and rebook online which i love and after you get over the hump of your own anxiety of letting you know letting your clients have access to your schedule like that it Mm-hmm. It is great. It saves you time. It saves you money. It can work like a virtual assistant for you. Um, if you get those systems in place and the other thing is for your clients early on, you want to kind of get them, uh, you know, kind of, uh, acclimated to using the HR as well. So everything from the first point of contact with them, 
um, when they're interacting with your business from the intake paperwork to scheduling to rescheduling, right? Think about how many emails and calls you get of people who just need to reschedule, right? And then you go back and forth. Um, oh, I can't come on Tuesday. How about Thursday at four or five? No, that doesn't work. How about Friday at 11? These like these crazy long email sequences that you get into with mm-hmm. clients could be completely nipped in the bud. And what could you be doing with that time? Um, it's just so essential. And I, just because you're, you, we like to create busy work for ourselves. So sometimes we feel really productive. If it's like we wake up in the morning and answer 10 emails that were all scheduling related. It's like, I'm working in my private practice. Mm-hmm. You're working in it, not on it, right? You're, you're not working on it like a business owner. You're being a business operator and just busying yourself, right? You're not, you're not getting paid for that five minutes of emailing back and forth. So I don't know. I just think it's a no-brainer, but I think a lot of therapists, they don't, they don't come to this realization until they're already kind of overwhelmed and they don't have a system in place. And then you've got to, you know, maybe get 20 clients signed up for simple practice or whatever it is. And there, there's, there's a learning curve there for everyone. And you're going to get some emails yeah. about it. And, oh, I lost my login or my password. And you've got to handle that. But once you do, clients mm-hmm. know um, that that system is there. And it's kind of a layer in between you and your clients in a way. Um, they're, they're gonna, they're just gonna roll with it. They're gonna do it. And, th- and I think it even reflects better on your business and your brand. And it gives you even more legitimacy. Like it's, um, it, it can be like an impressive first, um, first kind of engagement between your brand and your, your consumers. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up too, John, because I'm thinking in terms of, so there's two things, there's return on investment. So our time has, or my time, I don't know about you, but my time has a dollar sign attached to it. So, uh, for example, if I'm doing a house project or if my husband's doing it, let's be honest, uh, I don't do house projects, but he does. Um, if he's doing a house project that takes him three hours, but we could have hired it out for like, you know, 50 bucks or hundred bucks or whatever, you know, his time is worth more than that, at least to me. Um, and so when it comes to working on our business, calling those people back when you have three clients and it takes 15 minutes. Yeah, no big deal. And then all of a sudden you have six clients, 10 clients, 12 clients, and it's taking an hour a week. Sometimes it takes more because like you just said, you have this back and forth banter about rescheduling over email. So every time you're answering an email, that time is ticking and adding up. So you can be spending an hour to, I don't know, two, three, four hours a week yep. on something that a system could have prevented which means that all of a sudden that system did pay for itself and then some. Well, and that, that hundred bucks that you got for that session, which felt really good at the time, and it was like, oh, sweet, hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. When you start to look at the client, the, the work you're putting in outside of the session, your hourly rate starts plummeting. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, the $50 a month for the EHR that sends automatic email reminders. It allows for online scheduling, which you can control to some extent too. It's not just giving them. Yeah full access to your whole calendar, but, um, sending the intake paperwork ahead of time, like not having to print copies or put them in a chart. It's just there. When you think about all the time it saves you, that's time that you can be spending actually seeing a client and earning more money. So, um, I'm glad you brought that up. So there's the return on investment, but also there's the value component. So Mm -hmm. I have so many clients who start with me, but I've been to therapy before, usually within the last one to three years, and they're floored by my system. The fact that this very first 
uh, phone consultation we have and they, we get them scheduled over the phone. I'll collect their email address, like my system for sending them that intake paperwork and they get access to the client portal. They always remark on how cool that was. Like they don't have to arrive early to that first appointment. Mm -hmm. Who wants to arrive 30 minutes early to an appointment to fill out your paperwork? Right. right. That's, that's not adding much value. Um, so having an awesome system like an EHR, I know we're kind of harping on that today, but that can be so helpful to them and it adds a lot of value, which then increases their perceived value of your services, which then translates into, I can charge more for the value that I provide. You're providing a higher level experience. You're bringing your practice into the modern era and I'm moving away from just the old stale kind of practices of um, the the classic kind of private practice and the way that it might have been 10 years ago or when you went for your for therapy mm-hmm. for the first time as a client. Um, I'm, I'm all about it. And I think it really reflects, I think especially if you work with young people or even people just in their 20s, like, you know, it's the classic, like you'll have clients in their 20s be like, dude, can I just Venmo you or what? Like... <laughs> Um, or in San Francisco and I used to take, um, I used to require checks. Um, that didn't last very long because I work with a lot of young people and they're like, um, what, (laughs) what do you mean a check? Like a piece of paper, like, dude, I don't have checks and I'm not going to go order them. What's a check? Because they cost like $65 to get a book, you know, a a checkbook from, (laughs) from the bank or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, it's just it's all about the kind of experience you want to provide for your client else even outside of the therapy hour. These are all contact points that people have with your brand. They're interacting with your brand and you want to impress. So, and Laura, when you talk about systems and even in your your section of your course, what else what else is involved or what else is another kind of big yeah, one that you feel systems. like we've got to have in there? Absolutely. We need our website to work for us. So um, one system that I harp on in my course is having an actual contact form uh, where they can provide maybe just slightly a little bit more information than just this is my name and here's the message. Um, I have some, I have a coaching client who she also provides coaching services, which is really cool. So she does like coaching and therapy as well, but she'll have, she has this amazing, it's like a screening form on her website Mm -hmm. and it helps when people, first of all, they have to commit to doing it. So it automatically weeds out people who are just therapist shopping because it makes them fill out just a little bit more information, not like their date of birth or anything like super sensitive. Um, but it kind of helps give her an idea before they even contact her of what they're looking for. And that can be really helpful because instead of it just being like, hey, I need help as the message, it's like, okay, so are you looking for counseling or coaching? Um, There are just like a few little items on the screening form that I think are really helpful. I also have on my practice website, I have a tab for providers and I have my own little online referral form. So instead of a doctor faxing me a 200 page client chart that I don't need, Mm Um, they can just go online to my website and be like, this is the client's name and phone number. And this is like a brief description of what they're looking for. Um, so I think that that can be really helpful. Um, I think our websites are amazing tools for systems because as someone is navigating through your website, I tell my coaching clients that I want it to read like a choose your own adventure. (laughs) So maybe the homepage does have a call to action on the bottom and it takes them where you want them to go next, which is usually the about page. Um, 
if a client is reading your about page, where do they naturally want to go next? Well, they want to know what you do or what services you provide. So send them to specific service pages, right? So it's like, it's the system within your website that's helping direct them where to go, but it makes them think it's their idea. (laughs) So then they get to the bottom of the service page and maybe they have questions about if you, if you take insurance or what are your fees or where's your office located, right? So those are some call to action buttons that you can include on the bottom of your service pages. So these are the places, um, or this is to learn more about my fees, click here, whatever the case is, but that's a system because then you're not getting 10 emails a week asking the same questions about where are you located or how much do you charge? Are you in my insurance network? Like instead of getting those emails, they can see it right there. So like the number one question I'll get because I see couples is, will my insurance cover marriage counseling? Far none, the number one question. And in fact, I still sometimes will get a phone call with someone asking that question, which I'm like, I'm clearly not, even though it's like clearly there's an entire page that says, will insurance marriage counseling? The answer is no. Um, And so having an entire page on my website dedicated to that cuts out on all of this unnecessary emailing back and forth or calls asking questions that they could easily have gotten the answer to online. So thinking about who is the specific population that you work with, um, if you serve kids, so absolutely number one question from parents, do you see my kid after school? Do you have after school appointment hours? So mm-hmm. answering those questions on your website, that alone is its own system because it's preventing people from contacting you over and over again, asking the same question. Yeah. So you can just think back to, you know, if you're listening to this. So if there are certain questions that you tend to get asked a lot from new clients or people calling just to inquire, like what are the top four questions that you get all the time? Yeah. Include them on your website in a frequently asked questions page. So and then people, they're going to go there. If people are looking for you know, an action step, even after listening to this episode, that's a really great thing to do right now. I think a lot of therapists don't have a Q&A section on their site and it could work wonders for you. Um, and it's another, it's again, it's another layer between you and unnecessary client contact, right? Or, or just people wasting your time. So that might be something that you do right away, right? As you say, okay, I'm going to create a Q&A section at the bottom of the page or its own page or whatever. I think that's a fantastic um system to put in place. Um, and actually thinking of questions that people ask you, mm-hmm. like don't have a frequently asked questions page. That is like, what is counseling? If sure. you don't get asked that question, most people at this day and age understand what counseling is. Now, if there's something unique about the way you deliver counseling. So for example, I have a consulting client who does more of a concierge model. Mm-hmm. And so this person um, usually will see her clients more than once a week. And that's, that's her, the structure of her business. And that's not what I would consider to be like a common thing with therapists. Most of the time we're generally seeing our clients once a week, um, unless there's a crisis going on. But this person chooses to have her practice such that you're seeing her multiple times a week. Well, that's, that's unique. So she needs to include that in her frequently asked questions page. What does therapy look like with her? Because it looks different. So I'm not saying just like put a bunch of random questions on a frequently asked questions page that people don't actually wonder, is there anything specific about the way you work or your hours? Maybe you're not available 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every single day of the week. So if you have unique hours, like I know I'm part-time, so I only work certain days, certain hours. So instead of someone calling me under the assumption that I work regular business hours, I want them to know ahead of time, okay, I work these days and these are the hours I work. So if that doesn't fit within your schedule, then I'm not the right therapist for you. 
So think of questions that people might actually need to know about you instead of just the more generalized, like, what is counseling? How will I know if it'll work for me? Like, think of real sure. questions people might have for you. <clears throat> We've talked a lot about, you know, therapists creating these good habits and these, these solid systems from the beginning. And the reality is, it's hard to see if you're just starting out, it's hard to see exactly how valuable and precious your time is going to be when you're full. And full could mean mm -hmm. 10 hours or you work at an agency and your practice is 10 hours a week um, or yeah. it could be 20 or 30 clients a week, whatever it is. But your time is so precious and it will continue to be um, uh, demanded by, by clients, by your biller, by insurance companies, what, whatever it is. Um, and creating these systems in the beginning is just, it's just absolutely essential. Same thing if you're ever going to scale beyond yourself and look toward um, creating a group practice. These systems have to be in place, and they also have to be very teachable. So the other thing, um, last episode I mentioned my friend Jamie J again because he's taught me a lot. Um, <clears throat> when I was hiring my first virtual assistant, Jamie said, "You know, do everything in your business like it's the last time you'll do it. So in Ooh, this I case, like it was I'm hiring a VA. I've got to train her. I've got to onboard her. I've got to give her all the 17 logins for all of my businesses and all of our social media accounts, do it like you're never gonna have to do it again, right? So creating a system for that, creating a really thorough, like a 30 page um, Word document on Google Drive that you could share with this person, a spreadsheet with those logins, so that if for some reason she's not working with me anymore, and that's that's happened, right? I've had to go through a couple people. Um, I'm not starting from scratch again, and my time isn't sucked back into training a new person for four hours. So ideally, like someone should be able to come come into your business or maybe join your business if you let's say you hire someone or bring on an intern they should be able to learn your systems pretty easily right and you should be able to teach them without just requiring hours and hours of your own time um we, we could talk for another hour about things like automation but i think automation is is this kind of higher level concept that therapists who've been at it for a little while are starting to understand and see the the the, the importance of Mm -hmm. And you can start automating as a person with one client, right? Sending those appointment reminders automatically through simple practice or whatever it is, or having people reschedule. The more you can automate, the more you're going to be freed up, again, to work on your business rather than just in it mm -hmm. um, and doing these little $10, 10 to $15 an hour tasks that are really not worth your time. So um, the other thing I'd tell therapists is you, you should be doing your most expensive task, right yeah. in your business and for most of us that's not answering the phone that's not doing billing that's not going back and forth doing scheduling certainly the scheduling part is usually the first thing to go but mm -hmm. um in general again you should be doing your most expensive task you should be doing in your business as much as possible only the things that you can be doing right and so i don't know we'll have to talk another time about that in terms of when do you kind of scale beyond yourself because i think it's it lends itself really well to this conversation of having solid systems in place so that all of this, so that it just works, it just flows. And then on top of this, you can build a solid marketing strategy and actually create an influx of clients, create steady income streams, steady um, referral streams, and then you can actually catch that business and, um, and, and not be overwhelmed by it when it comes. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jono. <laughs> So, um, man, well, this has flown by again. Jeez. Actually, by the, uh, by the way, when you said Jamie J, he really sounds like a rapper. Isn't has that he a considered great name? that as a side? 
Uh, I doubt he has. He's 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 very white. Because um, there's like I know, me. but there's a niche for that, right? Like, because you said true. he's like older. Doesn't he have a beard too? Yeah, he has a beard. He has a you guys could go in together. I think we could, and I think he's got the voice for it. You should you should listen to that episode later, and and you'll you'll know. Jamie um, J. Jamie J. On the mic. I'm like, dude, you have two first names. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm like, did you? Yeah, he. I'm like, did you name yourself? That's so sick. People also say John Clark back to back as if it's my like hyphenated two first names or something. Even yeah, if they've they've just met me, I'm like, how you doing? Oh, I'm I'm John. They're like, oh, John Clark. <laughs> and I'm like, why, are you, why are you calling me John that? John Clark. They're like, I don't John know. John Clark. Just just feels good. <laughs> it feels good to say your name, John Clark. You, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been awesome. What's, I hope I hope we've made a case for for systems because I could talk about it all day, but people will consistently tell me why they either don't need one yet because they're not full or they can't afford to yeah. spend time or invest money on creating systems because they're not full yet. So I hope that maybe we've helped make a case for that. I think so. Well, and the key is just to get started, right? You're not going to have, you might not have all your perfect systems in place and you don't know what works for you yet. Or there might be a point where you've got to switch EHRs for some reason that's outside of your, your, your control. That's fine. That's going to happen. And your systems might shift over time. But the key here is just have them, <laughs> you know, have, have systems, <clears throat> have them early on and, um, and, and that's going to pay off. And start small. Yeah. Like you said, if you, if you look at everything in your business that needs to be improved upon, you'll just get overwhelmed and not do anything. Yep. So. Yeah, we want to avoid overwhelm at all costs. That is definitely, definitely something that that I preach a lot on here. Laura, how can people get in touch with you? What do you have going on right now that you want to promote? Fill us in. So my phone number is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come to my house. I I'll live. Make you cookies. In- <laughs> I will not make you cookies, but I will make you a drink. That's what I will do. I'll make Solid. you a Manhattan or Long Island iced tea, which are my favorites. Bring, bring and we'll, your have own a grand, we'll have a grand time. Bring your own cookies, though. Yeah. Screw that. Right. I'm for no sure. Martha Stewart. Yeah, I mean, um, for sure. You're, you're <laughs> Oprah. I'm Oprah. <laughs> Throw back to episode one with Laura Long. Throw back. Just to uh, plug so, that again, I consider Laura the, the Oprah Winfrey of practice building. And I just peed my pants a little bit. Yeah. So that so is tell your the biggest friend, Tell honor. your friends. Yeah. Tell everybody. Yeah. So they can find me at yourbadasstherapypractice.com and uh, come play with me on Facebook because I'm usually dicking around on there wasting time. <laughs> oh, because I have efficient systems that do stuff. So That's I can right. That's right. 15 minutes a day, you know, just like being a smart ass to people and responding to dumb questions um, by telling them, hey, that's a dumb question. I love it. So yeah, people, I, it's all in love. Oh, in love. But yeah, if you're easily Always. offended, I, I'm probably, I'm not the right person for you. But come <laughs> hang out with me on Facebook. Your Badass Therapy Practice uh, is the Facebook name. Um, yeah, that's how they can pretty much find me. What else am I working on? So um, my course is kind of the bread and butter. And so instead of jumping to create like 14 other courses right now, I'm trying to hone back in on the 60-day course. And so for the next cohort in February, I will be adding to it and making it even better than it already is. So I'm using the feedback of my current cohort. This is our last week. So there's like a simultaneous dance party and cry fest happening in my Facebook group about it. <laughs> uh, 
but I'm getting a lot of good feedback from them about things that I can do to make it even better. So I will be implementing that. And then February we'll be hitting the ground running with a new cohort. So that's, that's really the thing that I'm working on now. I've got a, a few other things like coming down the pipeline, but that'll be later in 2018. Very cool. Always busy. Busy, busy, busy. Busy on your own terms, right? Oh, that's so amazing to hear you right? say that. It's true. That's what like it's I was about. able to just take some time this morning and do these podcast episodes that's and right. I didn't have to like ask my boss for permission. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was that's, just like, that's what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the boss approved of you being here today. Yeah. She can be a bitch. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's don't, don't tell her that to her face. No. <clears throat> Lots of sexual harassment in my workplace. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, John. Well, thank Laura you Long, again Thanks for, for being me. here. As Time's always, steady. I'll probably invite you to be on again like a week from now. I would love that. <laughs> Talk as to you soon. I will. <laughs> All right. Bye, See John. Bye. All right. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and had some fun along the way. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you are listening. All right. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time.